Uh, school was not a pleasure for, for me. Uh, my, my father, um, because of his success, he, he was able to put his four kids through private school and, and I hated every second of it. Uh, it was actually the woodwork teacher, uh, which I thought was quite ironic, but he actually, uh, I remember him shouting at me in a lesson saying, um, don't know how your father can afford to send you here when he's only a baker. So I always judge people um, on, on that instinct, that gut feel, uh, and, it, and it doesn't let me down. And then I took the leap of faith and, and stepped out onto my own, um, and that's a whole new thing. Um, initially, when I set up on my own, I was just um, buying and, and, and trading land. Um, that and it, it was a, a, an amazingly uh, profitable uh, business. Um, until the banking crisis where suddenly everything stopped. What I hated about trading land was this lifestyle of feast famine. You know, I could literally have obscene amounts of money in my current account and two years later you could be thinking, how on earth am I going to feed the kids and pay the mortgage? I, I have never had a planning application where I've had nothing but support from the locals. You may get the occasional little tiny percentage, but predominantly it's uh, they, they resent you, they hate you. I've, I've had physical violence, I've been spat at, sworn at, hate campaigns, you name it. Wow. And, and that was the creation of Devasis because I realised that the British public hated development. So you've got to be certain that when you get that plan, you will get a planning permission and you will then be able to turn that to, to profit. So there is a huge amount of risk in, in, in development and, and you see failure as a learning opportunity. You'll, you'll learn more from failure than you will from success. I used to have this very simple rule. If it makes a difference to my business, I will do it. If it doesn't, I won't. I would literally just focus on what would make a difference to the business. What can I do today that moves me forward? Success, I suppose. Bedtime. At the end of each day, have I made a difference? I'm on a mission to help the world to see success differently. From sharing the stories of our guests, I hope to inspire those that listen. This is the Different Hats podcast, produced by H2 Productions. I hope you can join us on this journey. Okay, I'm just going to say something about one of our sponsors, Rivervale. The world of cars, vans and minibuses is often a pain point for many of us. The hassle of finding the right vehicle, let alone looking after it, are all more things to add to our lists as busy people. Rivervale's mission is to make motoring manageable, and that's why they provide leasing, purchasing, servicing and vehicle management. So whether you have one family car or a fleet of vans for your business, Rivervale are your trusted vehicle supplier. Visit www.rivervale.co.uk. Okay, let's jump back to the podcast. Okay, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, my guest is a creative thinker with great lateral capacity and a very perceptive eye for profit opportunities and risk. With over 25 years' experience in residential housing industry, I'm delighted to welcome the managing director of DevAssist, Mr. Paul Addison, to the podcast. Paul, thank, how thank, you doing? Very well, very well. Good morning. Thank hey, you. Delighted to have you on, mate. Very excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. Look, we, um, we've obviously worked together, known each other last year or so, met at a few events, had a chat in Soho House that time, and I was like, oh, mate, 
got to come on the podcast and have a have a conversation. And here we are. I know. At last. Few, at last. I know. Yeah. I know. A few months later. So look, we're gonna we're gonna kick off straight away. As always, we just start with our life in sixty seconds. And I just want to just give us a snapshot. Sixty seconds. Something about life growing up, about your childhood, that sort of shaped who sits in front of me today. I had a very fortunate childhood. Um, my father, who was a, he was a baker, um, but he had his own business, uh, and he had done very, very well. It was a family firm that he had inherited, and uh, that lifestyle that, that he created for, for us as kids, it, um, it, it, it can either be uh, a blessing or it can be a curse, but for me, it set a benchmark that I want to achieve in business, um, and until I achieve that level or more, um, I would uh, keep keep pushing. So that that was my um, yeah, that was my moment, if you like, where my my future was was created for me. I love that because I, I, I often um, I, I always ask that because I really think it's so important. Like what happens when we're growing up, it really does like shape our journey as childhood and, and, and all sorts of things. Um, and I, 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 love, I love the fact when people have gone into business and they've come from a family who have run their own business, how that inspires them to, to do it. Because mm. I, I, I must admit, I was strange. Like, I never had that Like for me growing up. So it was, the, I, I always said I've watched too much Only Fools and Horses, I think, one, one of the <laughs> and I, I'll probably try to get in. But then talk, talk to me a little bit more about that then, that, that sort of, like, like life like as, a, as a child at school was it what was your school life uh, school was not a pleasure for, for me uh, oh, my, yeah. my father um, because of his success he, he was able to put his four kids through private school and and I hated every second of it I think you know I, I was in that era where dyslexia wasn't captured um, but it's only in sort of later years I've realised that myself and, 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 and many members of my family fall into that category. So I, I struggled with education and I did resent school. Um, so school for me was a big battle um, and, and also taught me an awful lot about people because it was a very privileged school. Mm. Um, I remember a, uh, uh, it was actually the woodwork teacher, uh, which I thought was quite ironic, but he actually, uh, I remember him shouting at me in a lesson saying, um, don't know how your father can afford to send you here when he's only a baker. Um, and, that, and that created a real chip on my shoulder, actually, I think, which has also lived with me. It's just like, it doesn't matter who you are, whatever your background, you know, we're, we're all equal out there. But he felt because my dad was a tradesman, um, you know, I wasn't worthy of that position in, in that privileged school. So um, so I, I rebelled at school. I was a bit of a naughty boy. Uh, I, I went the other way and, uh, yeah, sort of uh, pushed, pushed and uh, couldn't wait to get out and get working. Really? That's so interesting. Oh, ridiculous that a teacher would possibly yeah, which ironically was woodwork, which is a trade. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of all things. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, look, uh, you probably heard me talk on here a lot about the education system. I, I, I always do. Just I've never actually been diagnosed with dyslexia, but I'll, a lot of traits I know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I should go and get tested one day. And I'm, I'm possibly on. But I, I find it so fascinating when. A lot of entrepreneurs, business owners are dyslexic. The thing that does me with this, with the education system, the way it's set up, it is set up for one type of yeah. person. To, yeah. And I just can't get my head around it. No. And it's still a one-size-fits-all, and, and it, it doesn't. Um, and, I, and I see it in my son. You know, I've uh, My son now works for me, yeah. um, 
And as a result, I, I'm tougher on him um, than I am perhaps on other members of staff because of, I, you know, the, yeah. the, the usual sort of uh, um, accusations of nepotism and all that. Yeah. But I've had many people work for me since, since I set up the business. Some have come out of university with first degrees and all the rest of it. He hasn't. He was just like me. He's a carbon copy. Um, and he didn't like education. He resented it. He, uh, um, I, I could do another podcast on him. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he, he resented it and he rebelled. But out of all the people I've trained, he's one of the, the quickest to learn and the sharpest to spot risk. Um, so maybe there is something in the dyslexia that there's, there's, a, there's a gift that, yeah. that comes with it. But uh, so, yeah, so that the getting a first degree is not representation of how clever and how good somebody can be. So uh, I, I, I love yeah. that. I, I, I really, for me, I, I echo that. I, I think my, my kids are only, what, they're eight now. Um, and look, I've always said, because my wife's an academic, so she went to university. She's a, she's a lawyer, so she went to university, got a degree, etc. Um, I just, I, I, I was similar. I just, I done okay at school actually, but mm. I just didn't, I didn't respond that well. Didn't know what I was going to do. Just didn't have that focus, and just didn't respond. That. So, but I, I say to my kids about that element: like if they want to go and be a lawyer or a doctor, then fine, you've got to take that path. If you don't, that university is not for everyone, right? No. And I think. Um, is it, and I guess as an employer, is that something that you that within your industry as well, the the grades, the, the the is that something that you would look at, or is it that you you no. know I can train anyone and to, to do yeah. what I need to do? No, and it's more about all, all I can extract from a CV is really. Uh, the level of commitment that somebody has shown to maybe a previous job, mm. you know, have they been there only three months, you know, which sort of for me is indicating they're a quite a flirtatious, flirt, a flirtatious a shush, a character. <laughs> um, but really, for me, it's, it's all about looking in someone's eyes yeah. and, and, and assessing the character. So yeah. I always judge people um, on, on that instinct, that gut feel. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't let me down. I love that. And I, th- I actually think, for me, watching, following people on social media, and I think, uh, tell me what you, you think about it, but I think that actually society is starting to change and employers are starting to change again. Actually, it is more about per- a person's attitude and yeah. their ability to work hard or um, as opposed to looking at... Because I remember, I remember working... In my early 20s, I worked for an, one of the big American law firms, and they only employed people from Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah, I had yeah. to go, and I'm, you look at that and go, but a lot of them people would come in, I, I was well, I was admin, like, so I was working yeah, in a yeah, print yeah. room type thing, and they'd come in, and their level of common sense, very, don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. very highly intelligent academically, yes. didn't know how to turn a printer on and pre- no. press a green button to no. print a bit of paper, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. simple things, and that's so, a... Life skills, and that's why I think with the education system, like things like I spoke to someone recently on here, and we're talking about more about life skills and stuff like that. That we, if we could educate our children in that sense, mm. of course, they've got to get some form of fundamentals, right? Yes, but how much better if we were teaching, teaching them about you know financial education, for example, oh, absolutely, Pre- preparing them for the big world, yeah, yeah. what's VAT? How does it work? How do you claim it back? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That, that free little tax service we do for the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, oh, it is, it is, it's, and it's great to hear, I guess, from the more more guests I get on, you know, majority, obviously, all business owners, and that this is the type of thing that, that we're talking about, that yeah. they are going, I'm looking at, you know, I, I, it's not about the CV necessarily, it's about getting that person in front of me and sitting down, and if they got the white shoot and I'll, I'll yeah. take them forward, and I think... So, so, so then, t- so, so you come out of school, you couldn't go. So, talk to me about them, them early, that early career, then when you first got out of. I, uh, I was. Was there ever an opportunity to take over the family business? Was that th- it? Was it was very yeah. much there, but I was the youngest of, of, of four siblings. Oh, wow. My brother was a very, very gifted baker and, oh. and confectioner, um, and it, he was just set to take it over I was not interested uh, after college I, I did a few months there uh, I think my father wanted to sack me every day um, <laughs> no I, I had my mind set on, on property I enjoyed I, I had a um, I liked architecture I liked the design um, so without many qualifications behind me uh, I was fortunate enough to, to see an advert for a job uh, for, as a trainee land buyer for, for Crest Homes. Um, and that I just looked at it and I was tunnel vision. I want this job. I'm right. going to get this job. And there was a huge, there was hundreds and hundreds of applicants for it. But I managed to get over that, that enthusiasm and, and, and that I would give them everything if they gave me that opportunity. And, and fortunately, I got that opportunity and had probably one of the best apprenticeships in land. So it was an apprenticeship? Yeah, it was. And, and, and it, land is a acquisition. Is a, it's, a, it's a jack of all trades, master of none. You've got to understand uh, some aspect or quite a lot of aspects of the of the law, of the title of the land, mm. um, the covenants, the easements, etc., and understand all of that, as well as contract formation, how to negotiate uh, a, a good contract that works for both sides. You've got to understand the engineering, the ground, the sales, the marketing. So you become a jack of all trades before mm. you put that deal together and you present it to the main board and say, I think we should buy this site because... Of X and yeah. and, uh, and that was a and that was a tough presentation at Crest. You know, it was brutal. All of your deals were were ripped apart by the um, the management structure there. It was almost like presenting something to the the dragon's den. Yeah. Um, but once your deal got through, you knew that that uh, process that they had of of risk elimination and risk assessment would produce a very profitable site. We never messed up at Crest. We always, always mm-hmm. made our margin or more on every single development that, that we uh, we took on. So uh, <clears throat> for me, that was, I, I was so lucky. I worked with some of the industry best. Uh, and then after Crest, I ended up um, working at, at, at Charles Church, um, which in its time, um, and certainly was in the latter years that I was there, was one of the more creative house builders. And that, that suited me better. Box building of standard house types didn't really fit with me. I wanted to see a piece of land and create and, and be part of that design process. So it's a part of like, the vision, like seeing exactly. a piece of land. And, uh, yeah, so to have it in my head and, and to 
assess what is going to be the most profitable route for the for the business obviously that's critical but equally what's going to create the easiest planning ride you know you've got to look at the design and to make sure that something fits in into uh, in, into the vernacular of wherever you're looking to build so um, so Charles Church I was there for uh, many many years I think mean, it was 12 to 15 odd years and ended up as the uh, director of land and planning uh, for, for the southeast uh, and that was uh, a really happy time for me I, I was well looked after financially that gave me the real sort of uh, sort of stepping uh, and, and sort of um, confidence to ultimately set up on my own yeah. after after Charles Church I, I spent three years running a company for uh, a house builder and then I took the leap of faith and, and oh. stepped out onto my own. Um, and that's a whole new thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what it's like when, when, you, when you're paddling your own canoe yeah. and you step out and you realize there's not going to be that guaranteed paycheck at the end of the month. And you've yeah. got to cash flow everything and still feed the kids and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. so that, that was uh, uh, the next part, if you like, of my, of my story. Yeah. But, um, but uh, and, and I guess like... <sighs> Did, did you see them, them fifteen years and the, the, the time prior to that? Was there always in the back of, as you alluded to a little bit earlier? Was there always in the back of your mind? I'm going to do something on my own. Absolutely, always, this was always going to be always the, the plan. Just I didn't know that. what. Yeah. Um, luck, fortunately, did after, you always think it was going to be something in? It would be something. Oh, it would be. Uh, yeah, or, absolutely. My yeah, whole yeah. experience, it's my just, whole career was destined to stay in and around and the land and planning. Uh, yeah. Subject. Um, initially, when I set up my own, I was just um, buying and, and, and trading land. Mm. Uh, that and it, it was a, a, an amazingly uh, profitable uh, business um, until the banking crisis, where suddenly <laughs> everything stopped uh, yeah. and nobody was buying land. People were trying to offload land, and nobody was there to buy it. So that that stopped me in my tracks, but. It was, again, whilst a worrying time, it actually turned out to be the, the, the critical moment because I, what I hated about trading land was this lifestyle of feast famine. You know, I could literally have obscene amounts of money in my current account and two years later you could be thinking, how on earth am I going to feed the kids and pay the mortgage? Um, wow, so it wow. really was so up and down. So I always had this dream of creating a business that was a dripping tap, mm -hmm. something that I could regularly rely on and that was going to make money every single month, 12 months a year. Um, and because I had the time on my hand, that was where I was able to create Devasist, which was based upon my experience of promoting land for mm -hmm. development because every time I submitted a planning application, uh, the natives went absolutely berserk. Um, the level of hostility that you will get from, from locals when you put in a planning application for development is, is huge. Mm. I have never, ever, and I have done hundreds and hundreds of sites over my career, uh, I have never had a planning application where I've had nothing but support from the locals. You may get the occasional little tiny percentage, but mm. predominantly it's uh, they, they resent you, they hate you. I've, I've had physical violence, I've been spat at, sworn at, hate campaigns, you name it. Wow. And, and that was the creation of Devasis because I realised that the British public hated development. So if I could create a product, a report that educated them about what development risks exists in and around the property that they intend to purchase, 
then they've got an insight into the future, a little bit of crystal ball gazing. Um, and what they can't see it, I can see it. it for mm-hmm. me, it sticks out like a sore thumb because I've been used to buying land and mm-hmm. creating these sites. And uh, so th- that's where it all started from that little sort of three o'clock in the morning epiphany where I woke up and thought, this could be a good idea. And, uh, and here we are today. I love that. I'm keen, a couple of things I want to touch on. One, the, the resistance from the general public. What, what, what's, the, what's the main thing? Is it change? Don't change. Like, just don't want just to simply change. change. Really? Yeah. If you can actually sit down with a, a lot of these people and actually explain that um, the, the change is, it's not going to, everyone says, oh, it's going to reduce the value of my property. It doesn't. I've never had a development that's reduced the value of properties in an area. <laughs> Quite the opposite. If anything, it, it brings them up. Um, but people are very scared of change. And, and equally, you know, I'm not um, <sighs> unsympathetic to the poor person that has bought a property with beautiful views over open fields mm. and they fell in love with it and that's what they saw when they spent 30 seconds viewing that property mm. and fell in love with it and, and committed hundreds of thousands of pounds to purchase only for me to come along and say well actually I'm planning to build 200 houses on that field so, mm. um, so being able to pre-warn people what is happening and give them the opportunity to make a grown-up decision do we continue with this purchase or yeah. do we pull out? Um, and, and that's what we've done. And, and we have a... Um, I, I'm really proud because I've actually, you know, we, we've, I've turned, if you like, from the poacher to the gamekeeper. I'm now helping the public mm-hmm. look at locations th- through the eyes of a developer. Uh, and, uh, and as a result of that, we have prevented hundreds and probably now thousands of people from making um, big mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And I, the, the, the other thing I really take from listening to you, you talking, even back to the time when we, I guess, when, when we had a coffee at Soho House as well, like you, you, you can tell you that you obviously got a passion for what you do, right? Mm. Like f- for me, whatever it is that we do in life, something that lights you up, you can tell when someone's that yeah. they love what they do and their yeah, passion. Yeah. And what, What's interesting, actually, just from our talk so far today, I didn't realise as much that your your path going into property, going into that at such an early age, that that's what you knew that you, I, I yeah. want to be involved in this in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I want to be involved in, in that. And I guess back to having kids, I suppose, that that's what we want for them, isn't it? Just to... Yes. Because to, what, what was your... I'd be interested to know what your dad's take was on it then when, obviously, that... <laughs> when you worked at the bakers for a little bit, like the same for you, but then you said, oh, I'm going to go into this, uh, this ever. Did, did he know that you'd potentially go and run your own business eventually, or had you spoke about that? Um, he knew I was very ambitious, mm-hmm. and, and in the same way that I look at my own son, uh, I knew my son was not academically gifted. Mm-hmm. I knew he would struggle, He ADHD, dyslexia, mm-hmm. and he didn't fit. And, and the biggest irony was... I made the stupidest of decisions, which was I put him through the private system. Uh, And he had exactly the same uh, exit that that I had, which was he just didn't fit. Um, I wish I'd have kept the money and gifted it to him as a a deposit for his first first (laughs) flat. Um, But, yeah, Toby is, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And in spite of 
his lack of academic academic abilities, he does not worry me. He, he's he's got the chat, he's got the, he's got the gift, and he's got that tunnel vision. He's just like me, so uh, he uh, yeah doesn't worry me at all. He's he's going to be successful. And and I, and I guess and that's what my dad could see in dad, me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just knew that you'd be because I guess with everything aside, actually whatever. Whatever industry we're in, whatever business we're in, whatever we do in life in our career, if we can talk to people, if you can have a conversation with someone, people buy from people, if you're able to articulate, you're able to build relationships, whatever that looks like. And I guess especially from your point of view, with the dealings that you've had done in, in, in the property market and being able to, just being able to talk to people and able to have that communication level, that gets you so far, it? Oh, it, it's it's everything, mm. um, and it was something I learned uh, about myself through uh, the the trauma of COVID. Um, that whole period, um, I was still able to run the business, uh, albeit in a very different way. But the bit I've missed the most was the people. Um, we we were we were making more money than we ever had. But that didn't tickle me. <laughs> that didn't excite me every morning. And I missed the bits of of being out, out there, seeing you, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, and the people I've met in, in, in the industry, some of them are just really nice people. Yeah. Um, I, was always, I was one of the things I was taught at, at Crest about sort of the relationships that you build. You, see, you know, Some people you might meet for a beer. Some people you'll take out for lunch. Some people you'll take out for fine dining. Yeah. And, and that's the level. You, know, you meet some people that just become such close friends yeah. that working with them is, is a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I miss the most during yeah. the, the pandemic. I, I literally I could not agree with you more. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm very much as we we both spoke about. I'm we're very similar, very much a people person. Love, I love being around people and having that. And I, for me, as tough as COVID was for the business, actually, both businesses really hit hard for me, and that was a, a struggle. What I, exactly that? What I missed was just not being around. Not being around people like our, our mutual friend Ryan Hill, who, yes. uh, with the yeah. best of British events, yeah. the amazing ones that we both obviously where we met and, yeah. and what we we both attend regularly. I, I still I still remember, and I've had him on the podcast. I still remember that first best of British at the Grand. I think John Barnes. It was five hundred people yeah. in the Grand, yeah. and that feeling of euphoria that we looked back and there was a lot of hugging We're that back. day, yeah. and there was a lot because there was a point where we were thinking. We ever going to get back to that? But, yeah, wasn't it? It was a, a quite a worrying time, but just a, a point of well, it was out. a worrying time. Well, yeah, of, the, of course, of, 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 it, very yeah. much so. Yeah, yeah. But I think like afterwards, when you go, just are we ever going to? I still remember my brother messaging me. We were both went to Nebworth Park to see Oasis, and it was oh, the twenty fifth wow. year anniversary. <laughs> and I remember him going. Imagine, like, right in a smack in the middle of lockdown, we didn't know what was going to happen again. I wonder if that's where we're ever going to get to that again. And, like, yeah. and there was that fear, wasn't there, that we, yeah. we, we, we wouldn't. But it's interesting you mentioned that about uh, just being around people and because people buy people. And in business, yeah. if we can, that, can that's build that, relationships. That's the pleasure. Yeah. You know, yeah, we all have to make money. Yeah. But, and, yes, we all watch the cash flow. But ultimately, you've got to enjoy your work, yeah. and and I do, and, yeah. and I and I, and it's because of the people I work with. Yeah. Um, I like, well, look, we, we don't, I want I'm gonna we're gonna interject with the, with the next life in sixty seconds. I want to talk about 
you've sort of hinted on a couple of changes you spoke about. Um, obviously, banking crisis, and then yes. talk alluded a little bit to COVID. But just we'll delve into it a little bit further after. But just in sixty seconds, tell me about over that your career life biggest challenge. What you've learnt from that? Cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so corny, isn't it? Because everyone yeah. goes, you know, cash flow, cash flow. But, but um, yeah, there, there's been moments in my career where I, and it was, it was fact, it was when I set up the first business, the land trading business. Uh, I was fortunate to have an investor. Um, and we were 50-50 in the business. Um, he put up the risk money. Um, I put up the sites and the effort. But I had to cash flow myself. And mm. as I say, rather unwisely had put my kids through the, the private system. Um, I remember a moment where I was literally gonna one month away from being out of money. All my savings, everything I'd put aside to create this business was going to be gone. Um, and I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to pay the school fees. I wouldn't have been able to pay the mortgage. I wouldn't have been able to put food on the table. I was, I was just a bag of nerves. Um, and uh, I remember where I was. I was going to a gym, um, and I rem- I could almost walk you to the paving slab that I was on when my phone rang, and it was my uh, planning consultant uh, Brian, and he phoned me up to say we had just won the appeal on one of our planning applications and so I went from literally zero to the next week having uh, an obscene amount of money because I sold the site straight on mm-hmm. and, and that we, we, we exchanged contracts and completed and took our profit within seven days and had this obscene amount of money sitting in my bank account. It, 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 was, it was just such wow. a opportune time. It was just literally where everything was, uh, um, yeah, if, if there was such a thing, but the, yeah. the angels were on my side that day. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was a very, vivid, vivid memory for me. Mm. Um, where And it could have gone the other way, of course. Mm. I could have fallen to my knees. And, I've, you know, we've all had moments in business where you get that squeeze. Yeah. Uh, but that was not a squeeze. That was literally on the edge of my seat. Um, and ever since then... Uh, I've yeah I've had the odd little squeeze every now and the banking crisis etc. Et mm. But have managed to, um, to to come through. So yeah, Damn. that that was my moment. That wasn't sixty seconds at all. No, was but it? we're, we're <laughs> mate. We're, been, oh, wow, wow, mm. wow. And but there's such a. You, would you describe yourself as an optimist? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, live optimistically. Mm. And I'm optimistic with people. Mm. May get a gut feel on people, but I'd rather be optimistic with them than, than rule them out. And then, mm. um, you know, let, let's come and review this another day. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, you have to live optimistically. Yeah. I, I think 100%, because so, so many people who have sat in that chair and, and, and spoke to me and, and, and we talk about their journeys. And, there's, and that's part, part of the process of growing a business and part of the process of being successful or living your life in some way there's, there will be those challenges hence why I always chuck that in there because there's going to be things that we face we face that adversity and it's how we I guess how we cope with that how we how we react to things is what makes us the people we are isn't it and, yes. and like you said you you hope from 
whether they be failures or whether, uh, like you say, they just be challenges that you face. We we hope that we learn something from them mm. that we take into that next period and we do it a little bit differently. Yes. Better, worse, whatever. But we, we, we try and learn from them. But, yeah, it's so... Um, it's so interesting to me, like, them, them periods of time where, like you say, when you're really up against it, I have to still have that somehow dig deep and have that self-belief. Yeah. That oh, you've, you've, you've got to believe that you can do it. Um, and without it, if you if you don't have, of all the, 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 the business sort of things that, are, that, are, that, are, that I've been involved in, and, and every site is is a business. Yeah, every yeah. every development site I buy, unless you've got that absolute hundred percent feeling that yeah, I can manage this one through and I can turn this to profit. If you don't get that 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 warm fuzzy feeling, it's, it's telling you something. Walk away. Walk do you, away. Do you, would you say that you you always trust your gut? Is that your? I do. Is that your? I've, I've taught myself. And where, because and in the le- part, is that something you learn over the yeah, years? And, and in the part, and where my gut, where I've gone against that gut feel, really, I can look back and go, there's a reason why there was a bit of failure in that. In that, yeah. you know, I may not have got planning permission on something, yeah. and and I can look back and think I could have spotted that. I could have. So, so with that, that was very much my earlier career. So, mm-hmm. so now I very much, yeah, I, I, I always listen to my gut. I do sleep on things. Um, and see how I feel about them in the morning. It's yes. uh, good of that. And uh, again, uh, I'm, I'd be really interested because you're just the nature of of the business and what you've been involved with over the years. Like your, I guess your view of risk. Like as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we've got to have an element of risk, haven't we? Yes. You start a business, whatever that looks like. But your your level of risk is that not a lot higher, just purely on the nature of oh, the it's, industry that it, in, in development. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. huge because you are um, unlike other businesses. You know, let, let's take the, the greengrocer. You know, you can go and buy wholesale, and you've got four or five days to sell those products before they go off. But you know your customer base, and you will sell and you will make a profit. Mm. With with land in between getting planning permission and and oh sorry in between buying and getting a profit you've got the local authority so you've got bureaucrats deciding whether you should have planning permission on this and then it goes to the committee and you've got loads of locally elected members who are there to represent those local nimbies um, <laughs> who don't want this development so it's a it's it's a very risk and it, it's it's very capital intensive so the money you have to put up to get your architects together your 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 planning consultants your ecologists your highway consultants your design and access statement um water neutrality is the new one that that's being discussed um how green is the development you you have reports coming out of your ears um you can come up with uh, hundreds of thousands of pounds that you are risking and that's unfundable that's got to be just hard cash banks won't fund that so you've got to be certain that when you get that plan, you will get a planning permission mm. and you will then be able to turn that to, to profit. So there is a huge amount of risk in, in, in development. Um, uh, people often get very envious of developers because they've always got these visions of cigar smoking, Bentley driving. Um, and it, it's not like that. You know, mm. They are just like any other business, but you're dealing with big sums of money. You, it's, it's the same with so much in life, isn't it, that... 
sometimes the higher the risk, the higher the, yeah, the risk reward. reward. Yeah, it's the same yeah. with anything, isn't yeah. it? You can go, oh, I'm going to start a small business yes. and I'm going to put up X amount but yeah. I've got my little safety net and if this doesn't go right yeah. then I'm okay yeah. but actually it, it was, yeah it was great yeah. and when I set up on my own it was really kind to me um, I, I had uh, a, a lovely period of time seven years of um, money was no issue um, and I could do lovely things like you know I got into horses and, uh, and other things and uh yeah, it was it was a lovely time, but like all good things, it comes to an end. And the banking <laughs> crisis was the was my end of, of that period. T- tell me, talk me a little bit about that then. The, the, the banking crisis, what like that period of time, I guess, from uh, your mindset point of view, or where you were in. It literally it stopped uh, land dead um, for the small, medium sized house builders, mm-hmm. which was really the sort of the. the the, the part of the mm. the world where I sat uh, because I was buying and mm. trade to to the small medium size uh, developers, the banks, the funding, it, most of that sector had either come from Iceland or it had come through the Irish banks predominantly. So mm. the, they were heavily heavily invested into development, and that all got pulled straight away. So we lost funding in that sector. Um, the only people really who could see out the storm uh, was the big, big corporates, uh, the Cress Nicholson's, the Taylor Wimpies, the Persimmons of, of this world. And even they were critically hit. You know, their shares just absolutely plummeted. And, and I know for a fact, because I won't mention which one, but I was pulled in as a consultant on one of the major corporates to decide whether they should call in the debt. Um, uh, fortunately, they didn't. And, that, and they traded them through the, the bad period um so yeah that that it, it was it was really tough for Scary. house building and that, that's where again you know when people get green eyes of developers making all this money mm. you know you are literally only a couple of months away from a crisis you know if you suddenly go into a recession and suddenly your sales values that you predict your these houses that you're going to be selling in 18 months 24 months time mm. and you're watching them go down in value each month and they're not even built yet um, it's a very worrying, can be a very worrying industry to be in. Like you said, people's perception, this is why it's so interesting to have a conversation with you, I guess, about it, because people's perception, you're right, of probably the, is exactly that, multi-millionaires driving mm-hmm. around in, your, in Bentleys and doing all, but it's a bit, like, like I've alluded to, no matter what business you're in, there's going to be periods during your business journey where you're, I've got, I've got, the, I've got the wage bill to pay next yes. next week. Yeah, the, the amount of times I can't tell you that, that you're, you know, you're sometimes living hand to mouth, depending on where yes. where where, yeah. where you yeah. are in your yeah. business journey. But there's points that you're going. Actually, I'm living literally hand to mouth. I'm waiting on that contract to come in to pay yeah. that thing, to pay um, that invoice, yeah. to do that. And that's a. That's why I wanted to get out of development. Yeah, and sure, wanted sure, to sure. create Devassist because. Um, yeah, when you've got teams of people and, and they've got mortgages and they've got their kids to feed and you know you have to pay them first. Yeah. You pay your team yeah. and then what, what's left, there might be a little bit of the, the pie left for me to nibble on. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I don't miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I guess the other, the other great thing as well, listening to you talk and your, and your story, is that, that it's the couple of things, the vision that mm. you've had right from, an, I guess, quite an early age in, in within the land and, and seeing something kind of... But actually, the, the out of things that 
adversity or tough times or whatever that you spot an opportunity as well again like you said man mm. they've assisted up see, seeing that gap or seeing something yes just i guess i guess seeing things slightly different to how other people would yeah see them I yes guess is a, is i do a, believe that that uh, back to d- dyslexia i think it it gives you a different way of viewing mm. things and you do think i do think laterally mm. um um and I do think creatively, mm. um, and that's where with Devasist I knew that there was the, there was a seed there that I could push, and it took probably two years of development and talking to people, meeting people in an industry that I hadn't really met anybody. So I've had to learn a whole industry when I created the business, mm. but here we are. You know, what is it? Nearly twelve, nearly twelve years on. Mm. Um, and we've made our mark in that industry, you know, and we have created, we're still the only provider of our service. Um, so to be able to take something from literally a seed and grow it into that oak tree, um, I am deeply proud yeah. of, of what we do. And, I, and I've, you know, I've got to mention my team, um, the team that I've got. Uh, they are fantastic. We've got, I've got the dream team at the moment, and yeah. everybody fits a, a certain, you know, everybody's a square peg in a square hole. <laughs> They've all got their own little skills that make the team so so wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very proud of what we've got now. Because yeah, so, obviously we yeah I'm thinking because it was just what was it? I think we done um, February we done the front cover feature yes for, yeah for, for SBT. Um, and it had just been 10 years, hadn't it? I think it was right. November. That's right, It had been 10 years, yeah, yeah so yeah, it just yes, come so up. Yes, so, yeah, yes, so it would be, yeah, oh, wow, that's, uh, that's incredible. And, and again, like that, 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 like you said, that initial, just that initial light bulb moment, this could potentially yeah. go anywhere you are. I knew well. straight away it would it work. Bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But it was getting that audience. And, and obviously, you know, I rely now, my, my, my client base are solicitors. Yeah, sure, so sure. I need to speak to solicitors yeah. to tell them you know, what a wonderful service we can provide for them and their clients. Um, And that's so so creating um, or identifying a problem and a solution at the same time, that's been quite a hard sell. So, you know, it's certainly not an overnight success. But once we get solicitors using our service and they realize what we can do for them in terms of risk elimination and, and, you know, getting their PI swerved towards our PI... um, and enabling their purchasers to look at the, the property of their dreams, but look at it eyes wide open. Um, once they start using us, they use us all the time, and they come back to us, and that's where we've created that dripping tap. Um, uh, and they come back and they use us every month, and the month after that, and the month after that. So as long as people are buying houses, which they will in this tiny little island that we are, um, we're always going to have uh, more demand than supply. Um, then as long as we've got that, I, I, I've got a business. That's brilliant. And, and like you say, to go... And what's really interesting, actually, to go from one extreme, I guess, where you've got some, where there's lots of risk and and, and then you've got that big wall to that, to have created almost, say, bulletproof, no business, I guess, is yes. bulletproof. But, yes. but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but as close as you're going to get, yeah. you know, you're wearing some good armour at the moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, I, I can sleep at, my, at <laughs> night now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I can shut my eyes and relax. And, and I can not turn up in, into the office yeah. and know that the team are going to look for it. But to get that has taken 11 oh, years God. of hard graft. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. did not happen overnight. Uh, and we've still got a long way to go. Yeah. You know, we've still got a massive, massive market to go and sell to. Um, so, you know, the, yeah, the, I guess you, the dreams. 
just even scratching the surface of some of like the amount of law firms out there and the amount yeah. of yeah. people that don't know about your That's right, there's still loads still, out there. Yeah, 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 I'm still meeting. Only on Friday, when, you know, when we were, mm. I know, some of the guests on my table um, were people that hadn't heard of our service yes. and you know but that they will become clients very soon yeah. uh, as soon as i get in front of a solicitor and explain what we do it's like oh, oh okay i get this now yeah. uh and and that's how we we, we grow amazing love that, love that. i, I, I want to you, you did talk a little bit about um covid this day, and i and yeah. I'd, I'd just be i'd be keen just to what 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 happened to the business during that period what what what, <laughs> what was your, like for for you as a business owner what was your take on it talk to me a little bit about that that period it was absolute panic you know from from for want of a better word the 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 arrogance of you know this dripping tap and oh it's going to keep dripping and not worry about it and then suddenly that got thrown across us and we saw italy shut down and and i could see this coming um so i put everybody on uh, working from home we shut down the office so we were ahead of the curve on that one so we were already set up for when the lockdown hit but in terms of the business um i initially was was full of fear did not know where you know how can you have a housing market where people are locked in their homes um one of the things it taught me about the london market which for the first couple of months kept us going um, was that there are still properties in you know London is is not an English market at all it is international and there were still properties changing changing hands at huge sums of money um, with people who weren't even viewing them Uh, so that that kept us going but obviously our uh, our turnover dropped massively you know we're probably by two-thirds um for those first few months and then rishi sunak announced his um his package which um i will give credit where it's due and i don't like giving credit to the current conservative (laughs) government about anything (laughs) but that that package for for my type of business Mm. it it helped it did help massively and obviously and and we actually went from complete fear to to a gluttony um uh, almost an embarrassment of riches, you know, because the market went crazy. Um, the stamp duty was re- removed, yeah, and it yeah. created a huge run uh, on on the property market. And yeah, we were we 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 had a very comfortable time. And I say that um, with an awful lot of feel and love for some of my friends in other businesses who didn't have uh, such a nice time yeah. um, for the, certainly those in the leisure industry and our, and our good joint yeah. friend Ryan who had yeah. just set up yeah. an event business <laughs> 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 just as we go into lockdown yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I really feel for those people yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but it was very kind to us yeah oh mate that's, that's good to hear that's good to hear and then I, I get, what, what to, let's t- I want to touch then on the just what well, we've got you here in your expert what the property market now what talk to me a bit about where you see it now where you see it going the next it, it's month. it's for us it's um we we sell our reports across england yeah. and wales so we're we're a barometer of what happened if you like in last last week mm-hmm. so somebody's gone out viewed a house agreed to buy it solicitors are instructed the solicitor then orders one of our reports so we're quite sort of current if you like we're only sort of a week out of date and at the moment we are seeing an uptake um more so in the southeast Mm. which is where the 
dominance of, of, yeah. of our income is generated. Um, and over towards East Anglia, you know, the pockets of wealth, really, anything mm. sort of south of Oxford, the market is moving and it is moving up again. Um, prior to that, over the summer, we did see a decrease. Mm. Um, but I think to have a stable base rate, and that's the first time we've seen that in, what was it, 15 movements, I think yeah. we've had on the base, ra- base rate. Um, that stability that we're now seeing is creating some certainty mm. uh, for, for people buying. And as I said earlier, the, the, there is still more demand than yeah, we have sure. supply. So I see the market, it, it's not running away with itself. It, yeah. it, it will continue to be steady, I think, until we see the next election. Mm. Um, and then post that, I think more steadiness. Uh, I just don't see it running away with itself. Um, how this helps first-time buyers is uh, a big question because even I look at property values and just it's, you know here we are in the southeast and it's horrendous. Yeah. It is horrendous. Getting people on that ladder is 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 bordering on impossible. Um, and yet there is still massive demand out there for for every property that comes onto the market. It's crazy, isn't it? You're right. You do us all feel, oh, where, where's it going to be in 15 years' time when me when me kids want to buy a property? And what does that look like? Because if they were at the age of buying a property now, you go, how the hell would they be oh, able to get on that yeah. get on that market? It's just it's, it's such yeah. a such a tough thing. But like you said, it's but it, it, so much in property is so cyclical. No, yes. Yeah. It is cyclical, but in the southeast, it's very it's different. We yeah. are a whole different world, and yeah. you know, and you're 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 looking comparative, if you like. When I was in my early twenties, when I was sort of buying my first property, and it was genuinely, you know, three times your salary. Yeah. Um, now you're you're looking really what they need is multiples of twelve. Um, so we are not comparing apples with apples. It is very, <laughs> yeah. very different for yeah. the youngsters today uh, than it was uh, back in my time. Yeah. And 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 look, um, hopefully we will never go. I mean, I, I still remember prior to the prior to the banking crisis. I still remember I was uh, I almost bought my um, nan's property in Leytonstone. This was when I just the start of my business journey, right? So I'm looking at what am I going to do for business? I'm like, I'm going to, and it was a, it was a house just down the road from Leytonstone um, High Street um, tube station. So this was 2007. My um, uncle lived upstairs. It was almost two flats. I'd have done it into two dwellings and blah blah. Done. I had an architect come in. Then I, I, I was a. Bear in mind, I was a receptionist at a hair salon. Right. Or manager, actually, <laughs> at a Tony and Guy hair salon. I, I, I got a self-certified mortgage for about 350 grand. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you just go, how the hell? Could that, I've still, I had the thing from HSBC, maybe. I mean, and I got, and it was only that I, I'd done loads of it. Obviously, it was a big risk at the time. Although it was a family sort of property, it was a, still quite a big risk for me at, 25 or whatever I was and you look at it and go and I remember looking at certain things blah 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 anyway for whatever reason I did end up pulling out and I didn't we didn't go through through with it in the end but I was just looking at it because actually what happened was then the crash happened yes and I ended up selling it for 250,000 yeah. or something so I'd have lost money immediately wow. I was a very lucky escape but well there you go you you, you've got the perfect insight into the world of a developer <laughs> yeah. um, that's what it's like yeah, yeah, wow. 
And, uh, yeah. yeah. And even if you do make money, you know, you make money, I sort of, you know, go to planning committees and, you know, get planning consent on a site. Mm-hmm. And I know I'd be able to trade that site within a week uh, and make a large amount of money. But immediately you have, you have this sort of moment of euphoria and then it's like, but when's, where's the next one? Um, you know, you could go two years before you see your next payday. Um, yeah. So, um, and uh, the trouble with property, and you, you've, you've, you've just touched on it, it it's property and development, it, it, it attracts everybody. Yeah. And I've never understood this because you were a hairdresser. And you fancied doing a bit of property development. <laughs> now, watch too much Sarah Beanie. <laughs> imagine if I'd have said that the other way. I'm a property developer. Can I cut your hair? Yeah. Would you let me loose on your hair? You know, it's yeah. it's not. It takes years of experience, yeah. and um, but it is. It's a funny industry. It attracts everybody into it, and I've seen lots of people make um, big, big, you know, mistakes and failures. Because do, do you think prior to obviously prior to the bank, it was just like people were getting hundred and thirty percent mortgages yes. and crazy yeah. things like yeah. that, weren't they? So, you know, which was just you know ridiculous. But do you think it was it was that? With the programmes on telly, people get thinking, oh, oh anyone, say oh, yeah. anyone, can, oh, anyone can I, go and do I, that. And I hate those programmes yeah, because they never, you know, they, they look at them and they say, oh, and you sold for this amount. And it's like, well, hang on, where's the legal fees? Where's your planning costs? Yeah. Where's your engineering fees? Where's your stamp duty? Yeah. Where's your cost of money? Uh, you're <laughs> yeah, paying yeah, a mortgage yeah. on that every day. You know, so the profit, what's bailed people out is inflation. And that's where people have made money in, in property is because of inflation, not because of a gift that, or they've had this great insight into it. Inflation has made has watched that property go up in value and then they think very smugly that uh, they've, they've made some money. In a, in a static market where there's no inflation, people often just walk away and they're lucky to break even. So... Uh, it's really interesting to talk to you about because it is. I think you're right. There's that. There's a percept, again back to that perception as we were talking about earlier, isn't there? It's that perception that oh, it's got to be quite. What's difficult about buying a property? Mm. Do it up a little bit and then sell it for mm. a lot more. Yeah. yeah. If the if the market's going up like that, but mm. th- like you said, that <laughs> one you can't predict a banking crisis. Fight yes, that yeah, that aside. Yeah. But even just in, in in a different type of market, it's, there's so much yeah. experience and skills yeah. that you'll need. Managing to cost yeah. is one thing. You've only got to watch um, uh, Grand Designs. Yeah, yeah. Find me an episode of Grand Designs where the build budget didn't run away with itself. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll retract my statement. But every single one, it's like, oh, we ended up paying double. Um, we weren't expecting this or we weren't expecting this problem in the ground. These are all the things that proper house builders and developers investigate before they go ahead and purchase that, that site. So they know and they know how to manage those costs literally to the last penny. Um, uh, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it, you know there is a skill in yeah, house building yeah, yeah, and development. Yeah. Um, I, lo- I, lo- I love it. You said it. You, I'm a property developer. I'm going to cut you hair. No, <laughs> I'm not going to make you a Michelin star meal. You're probably a good cook, I'm sure, Paul. But you're not going to. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, that, it's one of them things that you go. Yeah. Actually, well, this people just yeah, people just see it. We've, we've got our skill sets and that. Yes. What, what, what's been fascinating about the conversation for me, and and just I guess just the the industry that you've been in for so many years the challenges you've mentioned and and stuff like that and and the risk the risk element for me is what mm. i guess as as a as a business owner i'm running my own for 15 years nearly different 
businesses, obviously I've got a, a, a element of risk there. But just I, I think just talking to you that the level is so much higher. Mm. Just being in, yes. in, in in property as a as a hub, as a developer, land, whatever whatever development you're in, that element of risk and that. I could almost feel like as you're telling me about the, them times and the types of money that could potentially be involved in that. Mm. You feel your heart going, bloody hell, like I'm worrying about a few grand coming in to pay X, Y, and Z or yeah. whatever that looks yeah. like. So have that where you go. I'm, I'm, this this could go, if this goes wonky, I've lost. Yeah. Could it's it's, it's huge, it. yeah. And that's what you've got to understand your industry. Yeah. I could not do what you do. Yeah. There's no way I wouldn't know where to start. I'd be busting. Three months, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It's uh, but but the training, full yeah, circle, yeah. back yeah. where I had Crest Homes. That it was all about risk elimination, risk exposure. Mm. So we had uh, it was like a six-page checklist, and we had every item, and you had to be able to defend every single item with probably thirty items on each page before that board would support that deal going through. So. What they taught me was how to approach every business opportunity mm. and how to understand where the risk was and then interrogate it. Mm. Uh, and then that would give you your answer whether you should go ahead or not. Uh, I, I, I wonder whether, like, I'm, and I, I guess I'm just, but just f, f, the way your, your mindset and your, your brain's been trained, I guess, within, so within that industry as a whole. But actually, just from business in general just the process and the way your your mindset would work would 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 work with potentially other businesses as well in regards to yes. just looking at looking at a problem uh, trying to find a solution mm. and, and i guess just you you must just clearly have quite an analytical brain in yeah in I, I do that. yeah it's, it's having that instinct of, mm. of spotting where the problem is mm. um and the barriers that, that could be put in its way. Um, so yeah, I do think I've been okay. fortunate enough to, to sort of nurture yeah. those 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 skills. Um, whether they were a gift that came with dyslexia, or I don't I don't yeah, know, yeah, or, or whether yeah, yeah. they're just things I've learned on the way. I think they're things I, I learned on the maybe. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, the, the, it's it's, uh, it's 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 done me well yeah. so far. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just touching on risk and challenges. All of them things that we've sort of alluded to over, and just before we go into the final life in sixty seconds, where we discuss success, the other element of success would be failure. Mm. What's your relationship like with failure? But better now, Um, I'm very competitive. Mm. Um, So, in in sports that I've done in my adult life. Um, where I've been very competitive, uh, I, I would be guilty of being the bad loser. Um, I've got better with that. And, and you see failure as a learning opportunity. You, you'll learn mm. more from failure than you will from success. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm better. I'm calmer about it. So I would see. But, you know, fortunately, with the type of business that I've now created, failure for me would n- would not be would be not being able to convince a solicitor to to use our service. Mm. Um, I somewhere I failed in in convincing them that I'm here to help them. Mm. 
um, not create a burden to to them. So mm-hmm. so that's the only type of failure I now have. Mm-hmm. Um, but failure with a property deal where I failed to get planning permission, uh, oh, I, I could be Mr. Grumpy. You know, <laughs> I would be the one going out and you know looking for a cat to kick. You yeah, know? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, um, uh, yeah. I used to not deal with it very well, mm-hmm. but I'm better now. <laughs> Fair enough. And then, oh, and then I just want to something I always discuss as well: um, work-life balance. What, do, what does? Because especially just touching on that as well about <laughs> Mr. Quan, where things mm-hmm. haven't quite gone. Like, uh, uh, what are you like? I guess now, but and and let's go back as well when you was property developing more buying and selling land. What was your work-life balance like? Were you able to switch off? Would you? Yeah, one of the other kind things about the industry that I went to when I was just buying and selling Mm. land and I'd left the corporate world Mm. and I suddenly realised that the parts of the day that you need to do, the things you really need to do that are effective, Mm. that will change the result of your business, are very small. It's not that form-filling for, for headquarters somewhere else that's asking you to predict what, what, what your VAT expenditure is going to be on land and, and planning fees over the next six months. The amount of paperwork in corporate world that exists that is a barrier to getting the job done is massive. So suddenly I found, working for myself, I could actually do my working day in a couple of hours. Um, so I didn't have to work very hard at all. I used to have this very simple rule. If it makes a difference to my business, I will do it. If it doesn't, I won't. So if I have a phone call from someone that's not going to make effect for my business and I don't need to speak to them, I wouldn't phone them back. It, it, it would be that. It sounds rude. No, no. But, but if you know they were pitching for, for so-and-so, if I didn't need their service or whatever, I just wouldn't phone them back. I would literally just focus on what would make a difference to the business. What can I do today that moves me forward? And it was that, um, that simple rule. And I also had a simple rule of prospecting. When I was prospecting for new sites, um, I was not allowed to leave my office until I had made at least one prospect that day because that means I'm going to be doing over a four-week period I'm going to be making 20 prospects and and it's it's you throw a lot of mud against a wall some of it will stick and if you do 20 uh, every, every month then over a year you've done 240 um, you're going to get some deals from that so prospecting every day uh, and having a simple attitude to what is effective so that allowed me to have a two-hour working day and beautifully, at the time, my kids were very young. I could spend lots of time with them in the summer holidays. We had horses. I spent a lot of time with the horses. And I would get up early with the kids, take them to the horses. We'd ride them, exercise them. Then I'd drop them off at school, pick them up from school, back with the horses. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend time with my kids growing up because of that business I was in. Um, Ironically, now we've got Dev Assist and we're employing lots of people and, you know, it, it needs you there a, a lot more. Um, so I wouldn't be able to do that. But, but um, again, it's where life has been very kind to me when I see people getting on the train at 7 o'clock in the morning and, and you know they're not going to be back till 8 o'clock. I've never had that life. Um, and uh, very lucky. Very lucky. So lucky. But you, you, you've, you've created that life for yourself, right? You, you've yes. got into an yeah. industry, you've created, you know, like you said, the, some of the things we, we've talked a lot about 
mm. some of the challenges you face yeah. and some of the risks that you've yeah, yeah. been in and the positions that you've been yeah. in that some people would just not be comfortable in that and wouldn't no. want to be have gone through that but one thing i really take from that which is really valuable certainly some someone like me i guess is a couple of key things how focused you see then to go i'm gonna i'm gonna work in them two hours and i'm gonna and and a key thing for me is the this is not going to benefit my business as i'm yeah. doing it yeah. simple as that yeah. but that's such a because i'm I, look, i'm one of my probably worst worst trout can be sometimes a people pleaser i find it very difficult to say no to people yeah, yeah. so you do end up doing lots of things well don't phone them back yeah <laughs> <laughs> then you don't have to say no <laughs> mate mate i'm making yeah, notes yeah. on this i mean but it but that that is it that's such a such a valuable lesson to anyone listening to any business owners out there that maybe do do yeah. them things because oh, you can and I'll, I'll hold my hands up and go oh, I'm guilty of it sometimes you can be uh, I'm a, a busy fool and people go to me oh god you're everywhere you're doing this and yeah I'm doing all these things and it seems the perce- again back to perception you could look on social media and you can see certain things you go, god he's doing all these look how busy he's everywhere doing all these things and actually then you go but you strip that back and look at Actually, am I just being? Are you being a busy for what am I doing? Uh, is this meeting that I'm doing today is that taking my business forward? Yeah. Is it benefiting what I'm trying to do as a whole? No. Okay. Why am I doing that then? Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get better at that. This last few months, I'm trying to look at and listening to you talk. Actually, it's really hit home for me, and yeah. I'm sure it will for many listeners. I think being in business as a whole. What am I doing today? that is benefiting my business yes and if it's not then why am I doing it don't do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't ring don't ring them back no don't ring them <laughs> okay. back yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that I love that and, you, and you've obviously the the whole switching off and the work I don't think you, I know you, you we've spoke about it before you, with the horses but yes. it's polo as well polo but, was my big thing yeah, and, yeah. and it, it I, I don't play anymore but yeah. I've still got Two of my, I used to have nine horses, and now I'm down to down to two retirees. But uh, mm. I love horses, yeah. and, and I love polo. It's a, it's a beautiful game. You know, it's, it's the only game I can really think of where, you know, uh, man and beast play as one, mm. and and that horse is 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 as as so important, more important than you, mm. you know, trying to miss the ball. It's, <laughs> uh, um, but it, it's it's a beautiful game. It's it's a misunderstood game because a lot of people see it as oh, it's just full of all the posh and the royalty, and and it's not. It's a farmer's game, uh, mm. and the, the level of people. Um, uh, I remember one game I was playing, and on the opposite side. Uh, the, the team was made up of one one was a prince and one was a prostitute and and that that was how diverse she was a high level prostitute yeah. i might add <laughs> but 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 nevertheless that's how diverse it was wow. you you had people who were farmers that were playing it um yeah. and it, it is it's a beautiful beautiful game and uh yeah it was a big part but one of there was two reasons i stopped playing one when you fell off i started breaking bones rather than just getting bruises mm. uh, and I realized that it, I'd got that to that time of life where it's time to, to to quit and you know having a broken bone is not so good for business when you can't go to work yeah, um, sure, sure, sure. and and equally it was back we you know we touched on the failure uh, I had a very regular team that that we'd put together and we mm. would play and if I lost I, I came off the pitch um, 
feeling really grumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was, and I realised I've lost the lost the pleasure. This is, you know, this is costing a lot of money <laughs> to do this. And, and if I'm coming off grumpy, what's the point? Yeah, so yeah. That, that, that was my reasons for, for, for stopping. Yeah. And now I just enjoy watching it and, and being with the horses. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're a great therapy horses. Yeah. Um, just being with them in a field is uh, uh, an absolute pleasure yeah. uh, for, for me. Yeah, did did the kids play polo? They did, and that yeah. was one of the lovely things I have about their watching them grow up. Uh, pony club, uh, pony club polo, mm. and used to have my big lorry, and you know we used to pack it up with tents and all sorts. And I used to take them uh, on the pony club tour, which would go all around the country to various pony polo clubs where they would play and compete against other other po- uh, pony clubs. And um, oh, it was just you know I was so lucky to be that dad that could take them Um, and it it was a beautiful childhood for them and yeah loved it absolutely loved it and and they both did very well Um, again you know it shows uh, Toby my son he he um, he won a a national award uh, which was was the Rupert Thornalow Cup um, as a he he was a a very senior um, officer in in the Welsh Guards Mm. and and he, he lost his life in Afghanistan and his firm family uh, put this cup together for the country's most promising player. And, and Toby, he won it at, at a very, very early young age. And, and that got him into the Young England development squad. And, and again, you know, that's even at that young age, I could see that gritty determination that Toby had when he was competing yeah. that I've got this ball and I'm going to take it to goal. Um, so and my daughter was equally she was she was uh, a beautiful beautiful rider she really read the horse mm-hmm. very very kindly and nicely um and and she would get through to the national finals unfortunately she lost in the national finals but uh, but nevertheless she got there uh and she did score so uh, um so yeah i saw it in my kids so yeah i was again so so lucky and that was back to that working day because i could have that two-hour working day and spend the rest of the time with the horses with the kids and and yeah it was a magical time a beautiful beautiful part of of my life and and uh maybe i'll see it with grandchildren because i've got a grandchild coming in january yeah yeah. so um yeah so maybe i'll get the chance to see uh see my grandchild go through that process as well i love that i love that amazing um Right, look, we're, cu- we're coming. We're coming just t- towards the end. What, just before I ask the last one, I want like, the, the, your dad's business. Is that is your brother still running that? Is that still going? No, no? Um, Mark um, opted out. Eventually, it's a very tough business bakery, yeah. and it wasn't good for for Mark's uh, health. Despite his his gift and his talent, and he really is talented. You know, he's um, but he he actually works for Devasis now. Right. Yeah, so. Um, um, and he's brilliant because yeah. Mark is, he's such a hard grafter. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he works super hard. Um, he's got a great eye for, for detail. Um, and I saw my brother looking quite unwell with the horrible hours that he was working in the bakery. And it was time. And so and I had a chat and said, look, you know, why don't you come out and do a nice, easy, soft nine to five job? Um, I can give you that opportunity, and you know you'll be looked after because we're we're brothers, and yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's now a vital part of our team, so it's it's yeah. lovely. Amazing, amazing. 
And I, so when, when we when we touch on then success, so we're going to uh, it's our final life in sixty seconds. And again, probably the essence of the podcast is de- trying to define what success is, which is mm. different for everyone. Right? But so wh- where you've been, where you are now, where you're going, how do you define success? Oh, um, success, I suppose, bedtime, at the end of each day, have I made a difference? Have I made a difference? Did did something happen today that made today worthwhile? Or did I just plod? Did I just do what I did yesterday and, you know, live in that monotonous sort of... uh, So, yeah, it's back to focusing on those key things. If there's something today that's going to make me laugh, make me smile, make someone else laugh or smile, um, or make a difference to the business, do it. And can you, at the end of each night, uh, before you nod off to sleep, tell yourself that? and say, yeah, I, I, I made a difference today. Um, I've had a good day. I know today I will have that feeling because we've had a great morning. Um, I've got a lovely uh, chap that I've got to go and meet next who, who's we can have a nice lunch, and, and he's going to be a, a really important part of my business going going forward. Um, and I can't wait to, for, for that. So I'm going to be able to go to bed today. Um, with, with Yeah, I've achieved. I've, I've really enjoyed today. It's been great fun. And I've made a difference. I love that. I really love. Like, and I, 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 you definitely have made a difference. I'm sure. Like even just, even just to me, like listening to your story and 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 the way that you've gone about running different businesses and different levels and all all sorts that you've been in, I've certainly taken a lot away. And I know that I know that a lot of the listeners will as well. From a, just from a, like just from a business and an entrepreneurial journey and. And the story, and, and just taking little bits out. There's, there's especially when, when we relate it to risk. I, like I say, I can, I guess, feel part of me feels a little bit more comfortable in the sense, whatever position I'm in at the moment. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll be, all, I'll be all right. We'll be all right. Have that opt, opt, optimistic attitude, which I've always obviously had, but but just going because that that level of risk is not as maybe as high as what potentially you've been through over that over that time i uh, i don't know i don't understand your business as well yeah, as yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah 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 um but, but yeah we all have different levels um yeah, yeah. and uh yeah i, I, I perhaps have a, yeah. uh, a higher i've had people argue with me and say you know you, you you're you're foolish with the levels of risk that you took in the past um but i would like to say that they work they're calculated. Yeah, You're not yeah, going yeah, to a course. table throwing dice. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you know where the dice are weighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's, yeah. So they, you, you, you've, you've just got to properly investigate and eliminate. What, 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 what's the, in, in relation to, just touching again on that part of success, like you growing up and seeing your dad run that business, obviously financially successful, put you through mm. you know mm. private education and that level in, in your head was that your I'm going to get to that point financially yeah. to, to as a measurement of your success or it was certainly my benchmark but but there was another part to that story which I didn't touch on and that was watching um, a dreadful moment in, in our family's life which was uh, the bakery um, there was a fire 
and mm. the bakery plant burnt down literally to the ground mm. overnight uh, and it was over a, a long bank holiday weekend so the fire had sort of 12 hours head start in a bakery you can imagine how dry as a bone that was it just ripped through the main production so my dad's income disappeared overnight he was relying on insurance and advice and my dad lost his wealth overnight um, and watching my dad cope with that uh, was amazing how he could still in time go back and laugh and be the jovial sort of you know center of attention that that, that he could be um, that was a big lesson so you know so I've watched how you know n- never be arrogant you know you're you're literally you're you're only one moment away from from failure so mm. success is you've got to be careful to you know people a thousand times bigger than me have gone bust mm. um and we still watch them go bust you know every week that happened with the bakery i was uh probably a late teenager really yeah um and uh it was just awful because you know dad had gone from living a beautiful life with beautiful cars doing beautiful things to having no income at all um and relying on an insurance company to bail you out which of course they don't we all know what insurance companies are like when it comes to the payout um it was a big big fight um so yeah, watching my father go through that was um, that was tough, um, and for him to be able to bounce back with uh, a modest uh, level of wealth um, compared to what he had, um, you know, he kept it, the bakery after it, that. Eventually, it, 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 it did. Come, it did. It, it went back, and and my brother and my sister, my big sister, went mm-hmm. into it. My other sister, Mandy, she, she was in worked in the NHS. Um, um, but yeah, so watching them, but the, my brother and sister went back into that world mm. of, of baking and, and confectionery. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough, tough, tough industry yeah, when you're competing sure. with supermarkets. Um, uh, you've got to be very, very niche, very boutique to, to be successful in that, 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 that trade. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was probably the end of my dad's career, uh, really. And, and to some extent, the end of him, really, because he did deteriorate after that level of um, uh, trauma uh, that, that came across him. So, yeah, that, that, you know, that was a big lesson to observe. Um, I hope I never have to, you know, go through that. But it's certainly something I've thought about in business. And, and I have, you know, for us, we're fortunate these days where we can put everything on a cloud. And if my headquarters <laughs> went up in smoke... Uh, overnight I know I can be trading tomorrow um, and thinking about those insurances that you take out every year that you probably don't go through and read as properly as you should you know those are, again they're, they're, they're lessons I've learned from my father on, on what to do because he didn't do them he didn't do that and, and that cost him dearly yeah, well. well I guess you I guess looking at like you said, after I guess being in that position, and you said about him maybe deteriorating, and because potentially that the the bakery was his main purpose, and if that's yeah. taken away, he, he was at that time of life where he was too old yeah. to go and start again. Yeah, um, sure. and you know he he had he had to retire. Mm. 
Mm. Um, he retired comfortably by most mm. people's standards. So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not selling a big sob story here. Yeah, sure, sure. He did okay, but it wasn't what he had. So to step back and to do it as gracefully as he did, mm. and still with. Uh, and such an element of, of naughtiness and fun that, that still remained and his adoration of all his grandchildren. Mm. Um, um, yeah, he, he, he did very, very well, yeah. very well to, to come back from it as he did. Um, but, yeah, big yeah, lessons yeah. that I learned yeah, from yeah, it yeah, as, sure. as, as well. Sure. And, again, still back to your definition of success and what difference have I made today? And, mm. and 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 then, like you said, even taking that potential financial wealth out of the because a lot, it's, lot of yeah. success is measured by financial. Yes, status. it is, and, and, and it's not. And it's that isn't the thing. Not, yeah. You know, I love making money, and yeah. I love having spare money to do lovely, pleasurable yeah. things. Yeah. But it is ultimately going to bed with a smile on your face, yeah. and and that's what makes a difference and that's why covid was so tough because i wasn't seeing my friends i wasn't seeing my my my, my business friends who are yeah. you know i probably see more of than, than my, <laughs> yeah. my other friends yeah. outside of, of, of work um yeah. and yeah it's it's so important and and being able to socialize um and have fun put a smile on your face yeah. um and and yeah it's uh I, I walked the dogs yesterday and i walked past this woman who just had the saddest face and she was grumpy and didn't like the fact that my dog was barking and I said good afternoon to her and she just ignored me and I was like that's not a life that's mm. not living and it, you know, it, it marks my day because mm. I thought why is she so sad and grumpy mm. there's, there's a lot to there's a lot to smile about yeah agreed agreed mm. mate final one what does the future hold for you um there will come a time where I will sell Devasist, and I will retire. Mm. I would still, I would never retire as my father did, where he literally hung up his apron. Mm. Um, I would still stay involved in business. I will t- to my dying day. Yeah. Um, it's it's too important. I love the, the social interaction uh, with people. Um, and so we need a purpose one. Yeah, I, I would stuff. absolutely need need a purpose. Um, I would probably like to have. Uh, a lot more land where I could become a gentleman farmer and bring up some pigs and have my <laughs> horses and, and all and my chickens and all the other things that I sort of grew up with. Um, that that's where I would be like, and travel. I love travel. Mm-hmm. Love meeting new people, new cultures, and mm-hmm. new worlds. So um, I would love to spend more time uh, being very non-green and flying around the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Well, listen. Um, Really, really grateful for for you coming on. It's been a lovely, fascinating, insightful conversation as I, as I, as I knew it would be. And um, from from sitting there having a coffee with you in Soho House to to now, I just I, I knew it would be like that. So I'm I'm really grateful. It's been brilliant chatting to you, and I'll, it's fascinating to hear the, your journey and and what's happened with Deborah's sister and how it's grown. And that's and, very kind. Thank um, you. Really, really, really excited to see where it continues to grow and, and well, let's hope what so. happens, I'm sure. So um, I wish you continued success. But and listen, you. thank you for your time. It's been a brilliant conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And that, as they say, is a wrap. Thank you.